The worst fear of any parent is the death of their child. Funerals are expensive, and mortuary services often take advantage of people's pocketbooks at their most vulnerable moment. So skip these expensive funeral homes and come on down to Uncle Wally's Discount Child Coffin Warehouse. We have certified, pre-owned, infant, toddler, and prepubescent-sized coffins priced at less than half of what the other guys charge. You couldn't save your child, but you can save your money. Come see us at Uncle Wally's Discount Child Coffins in the Funeral District on 3rd. Mention this ad when you buy a coffin and get a 10% off coupon for your next child coffin purchase. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Wow, that didn't sound good. Hey, everybody, I'm Bryce Hansen. <laughs> yes, it is. And I'm David Day. I'm the foremost expert in scare no-nos. Yes. And I'm also, I hold a PhD in spookology. Right. So we're, we're experts at the horror genre, not like these amateur podcasts. <laughs> I mean, get, the, get out of here with we that. We have the pedigree. So before we get started, I always want to mention our website, horrormovietalk.com. Um, check it out. You'll find links to past episodes and links to our social media where you can uh, contact us and discuss horror with a pretty great horror community. We post new episodes every Wednesday, so please subscribe. And one of the finest things you can do as a listener is leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts yeah. if you own an Apple product. I get full chub when I see a new review. And, you know, I think I think our buddy from Boston, Southie, I can't remember his name, but I've been thinking Matt of... Damon? No, the guy who gave us a review last week, and you were so butthurt about him ben not, not liking the drops. <clears throat> well, and, it could have been in any time. We don't know when this episode's coming out. So. And, oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, this this episode is pre-recorded for her viewing pleasure. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, but I just think we gave him too hard of a time. Yeah, I mean, it's fair. Like, I... Uh, my immediate reaction is fight me, but I guess that's like kind of what you want from from someone from Southie. Yeah, right? I mean yeah. that's probably what he wants. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'll take you. Fucking fight me, bro. Fight me. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean he said he didn't like the drops and the, music. the, the extra bits and the yeah. music. Like I've been thinking about it. I, I tried to take every comment with you know, I take it seriously, yeah. and I think. We might be able to cut down on the length of some of the interstitial music. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But you can, I mean, you can take my drops when you prime for my cold, dead hands. Yeah, my drops aren't even... My levels aren't even on right now. Oh, sorry. Not a big deal. <laughs> is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. <laughs> Thank you. And the other thing I thought about is, like, maybe, maybe David's drops. Mm. Like, my drops are probably fine. Oh. But, I mean... We can only take so much of American Psycho. Right, right. I don't think so. I think you should eat it. Uh, today we're going to be talking about The Exorcist. I don't know if you've heard about this movie. It's a little movie, 70, I don't know, yeah. 70s. Something. It's a pretty old one. It's like 
47 years old, more than 47 years old, depending wow. on when this is released. That's crazy. Almost a 50-year-old movie. It's, you know, we want to surface it and yeah. let you know about this Yeah, it's this a hid- gem. It's a hidden gem. Yeah. Yeah. We'll start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge, where it makes you angry, 5 being a... <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> 5 being an average film. It's all the expected marks and 10 being so good. It transcends genre boundaries. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later, we'll be doing, um, depending on when we release it, this is hard when we do a pre-recorded yeah. one. For us, a brand new bit. Yeah. Totally new. Recommended or suggested by... One of our patron, one of our patrons, one of our listeners, game called Guess That Death. Guess That Death. Um, it really, really begs for a theme song. I'm excited for this. I, I didn't have enough time to. I don't know what this is. What maybe maybe Max hit us up with one Max. Yeah, Max underscore Allen. I think it's one two three five on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Check him out for all of your audio needs. Uh, so let's hop into the review. We saw, well, we watched, for me, again, The Exorcist, and it's my favorite horror movie, so I'm probably going to be biased. It's your favorite. It's my absolute favorite. Like it, re- it reminded me why it's my favorite. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's iconic in so many ways. It's, uh, oh shit, I got an article about it that Carrie sent me last night when... When uh, when she was doing some research about the movie, because I was like, you know, I think this movie has some fucking fucked up shit about yeah. that. Yeah, we'll get into that in the spoilers and yeah. talk about some of the, the yeah backstory. It's and- an obvious classic, maybe the classic. I think you know. I think when I think of the big three of horror, I go Alien, Exorcist, and Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw. I would I would probably go. Exorcist, Chainsaw, and The Shining. Yeah, The Shining's definite. Oh, and then ooh, I don't know. I I don't know. You can't you can't ditch Alien to, for me. Yeah. Uh, and then also, there's a statement to be made probably about Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. So, but th- those are definitely the top four or five. Yeah. So let's listen to the trailer for The Exorcist. Somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world. The world of darkness. Nobody expected it. Nobody believed it. And nothing could stop it there are no experts you probably know as much about possession as most priests look your daughter doesn't say she's a demon she says she's the devil himself i'm telling you that that thing upstairs isn't my daughter now i want you to tell me that you know for a fact that there's nothing wrong with my daughter except in her mind 
You tell me you know for a fact that an exorcism wouldn't do any good. You tell me that! The one hope. The only hope. The exorcist. So, The Exorcist, if you don't know, is about an exorcism of a little girl. Reagan, played by Linda Blair, is the 12-year-old daughter of single mother Chris McNeil, played by Ellen Burstyn. Reagan starts complaining about her bed shaking at night, and then as days pass, her personality slowly changes, and she starts behaving erratically. That was a party bed. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, you know, those beds you put a quarter in and then it kind of buzzes. You, yeah, this was this magic was, fingers. Yeah, this was like, have you ever done one of those? No, you looked at me with like this knowing. No, I, I think of the X-Files episode. Oh, the, the magic fingers. <laughs> That's a great. Episode, yeah, no. I, yeah, this was like the the roller coaster ride version of that. It's of like the magic fingers bed. It's like the dark version of bed knobs and broomsticks. <laughs> Uh, the exorcist also known as bad bad bed knobs and broomsticks <laughs> okay uh chris the mother exhausts every medical and psychological avenue and is still left hopeless as her daughter continues to get worse some doctors reluctantly mention exorcism as an option father Karras, played by jason miller is a reluctant skeptic but is recruited to perform an exorcism with the help of an older, more experienced exorcist, Father Marin, played by Max von Sydow. They struggle to expel the demon or demons that are tormenting Reagan. <laughs> there are I, kids. I don't want to alarm you, but there may be a boogeyman or boogeymen in this house. <laughs> ah! The Exorcist is the center tentpole of the horror genre for me, and probably for a lot of people. It's often in the top of the best horror movies of all time lists, and for good reason. Some of the themes and scenes from the movie are still genuinely disturbing nearly 50 years after its release. It deals with a lot of conscious and subconscious fears about life, reality, and little girls. Uh, yeah boy yeah <laughs> yeah, you, yeah that's a good point i didn't that last point i was like little girls and then i was like yeah no yeah yeah uh a lot of the notoriety uh, of this about the film uh comes from its marketing and stories of people fainting or leaving the theater sick however it doesn't owe its longevity to these gimmicks it is still held as one of the best critical and commercial successes in horror um did you know Adjusted for inflation, The Exorcist is the top gross R-rated movie of all time. I have currently the uh, – this is from a Looper article. It says, um, currently the film still holds the spot for the second highest earning R-rated horror film of all time. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, either way, that's <coughs> fucking impressive. Yeah. And you can find some critics that back then that shit on it. This is – but it, the the gist that you get of it is they're kind of offended that it went so far, or yeah. they or they thought it was like schlocky how far it went. But I I mean it's so 
grounded. Yeah. It feels like the first half of the movie. Is first so half, first three grounded. quarters. Yeah, yeah. It's the last, the final fourth act is really where it kind of goes nuts. It, it, it in theaters it pulled in almost two hundred million dollars. Jesus and. And in subsequent, like, uh, director's cut releases, it pulled in another 40 mil. Yeah. Like, the and by the way, this is a movie where the director's cut is way even better. I, I don't know. I, I could... <clears throat> there's better parts and, and worse parts. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, the I mean, it's unbelievable that they cut the spider walk scene. Yeah. Out of the... Well, I mean, that's, the that was, like, release. technological limitations of the time. The director mm. said that... He cut that scene just because there was no way to really convincingly paint out the the wires. Oh, um, but yeah, I mean, I I watched it and I watched it in theaters when it came out when it was re released in mm. like two thousand something. Okay, or yeah, earlier, I, did, maybe. I did not. I missed um, that boat. And that one is the the re release is the one with the spider walk, mm-hmm. and it's an I- iconic scene to this film, and that's like it didn't exist for. 20 years after the initial release That's of crazy. the movie. So, um, anyways, the, the special effects might not hold up to modern audiences, but everything else is timeless. The acting is great. The themes are handled maturely and the director had an unhealthy conviction to get his vision of the story like that. There's, there's some behind the scenes stuff around that. That's like, you really, yeah, figure out up that, poor Linda Blair. Yeah, William Friedkin is kind of an asshole, <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, that's a that's a common theme between three of the biggest movies that we mentioned. The three, yeah. some of the. So you got Rosemary's Baby, and I mean, I don't have to, I don't have to tell you about uh, what's his name, uh, um, Roman Polanski. I don't have to tell you what Roman Polanski did. Google it. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not like that was part of the film no Uh, it's not like he was like raping children on the side no but texas chainsaw i mean that direct those people were they were tormented during during the filming of that movie that was no one had a good time filming texas chainsaw that was a nightmarish ordeal for everyone involved yeah and kubrick was horrible oh yeah duvall yeah shelly duvall was yes also hugely uh traumatized by Kubrick intentionally like like these like things that probably wouldn't happen today and I'm sure Ridley Scott was an asshole (laughs) 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 Uh, I'll have you know he's the only one who had a lead female a female lead yeah well I know this had a female lead that's true that's true I mean this this movie is carried by Ellen Burstyn yeah holy shit yeah um, of all the, yeah, all these things, the, the narrative, the acting, the themes are, they all work together to create a film that has spun off a whole subgenre of exorcism and demonic children horror movies. Um, it's, I mean, it's my favorite horror movie. It's a 10 out of 10 for me, but I, I mean, even if I step back and, and say like, if it wasn't my favorite or I didn't listen to all the hype if you just look at it on its merits it is still a 10 out of 10 i mean i'm not gonna be a stickler and say like oh you know the makeup was looked fake you know at the end like 
you have to take it within the time that it was released, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's absolutely like a, a legend. I, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's one of the greatest films of all time. Not, not just horror films. Like it's, it's the first, it was also the first horror movie to be nominated for best film. For, first at, and at only. <laughs> no, uh, Get Out was nominated. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know if it was nominated for best film. Um, Rosemary's Baby was. Oh, yeah. Um, I think maybe The Shining, but I'm not sure. I, did, did, I don't think yeah. The Shining was. But um, I tell you, I tell you what. I don't know. I mean, this is where this is where reviewing become. I always will say this is reviewing movies is kind of it's a silly thing to do (laughs) because they're just, you know, you either like them or you don't or they strike you or they don't. And I mean, there are. So this set up the genre and it did it in 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 an appropriate way uh, for for a subject that had never been touched on really in films before. And, uh, and it did it so slowly though, that now in contrast, it's, it is a slow burn. It is a real slow burn. Now that's not to say that there aren't horror elements throughout the first half or even three. I mean, definitely throughout the first three quarters of the movie, but, Mm -hmm. but they're few and far between, but it goes to, it's, it's taking its time to set up. I think all the great horror movies do that. Like they don't they don't blow their load early unless it's like I mean there's certain cases where where early on it it has a big scare but it's interesting it's interesting the direction they take at the start of this movie and I like it because it feels kind of Kubrick-esque like the desert scene mm-hmm. with the demon statue and the standoff and it's like a storms a brewin kind of feel yeah it's just a it's just a it it's an interesting you know and 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 I guess the film that feels the most similar in kind of a weird way is Jurassic Park because okay i know i know it just what? <laughs> they just take it they just take it in these steps from far away to getting closer to getting closer to getting closer and then boom now we're here with the dinosaurs or we're here with the devil and mm. and um and it's just that ex it, that that exposure that moment of like whoa what the fuck yeah like oh it's just like mind-blowing it's it's like oh but uh, but it is a little slow for me. Yeah, That's- I mean it, it ramps up. I mean, to me, it ramps up very naturally. Like every, it escalates pretty naturally throughout the course of yes, the film. Yes, it does. And that's one of the things that the director kind of said about the spider walk scene that, that was that it was too much too early. And really, that's a it's kind of a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. because the spider walk down the stairs was at the party. Yeah. Part of it where she oh where she pees her pants she, that I, was that I, early I think it was that early and uh, yeah the pants peeing is enough yeah like that was enough for me to be like what the fuck is what the yeah like you know a fourteen year old girl doesn't walk downstairs and pee pee the the floor in front of everyone yeah it's uh, anyways I got in an argument with someone on on Reddit you know someone was wrong on the internet so I had to get in an argument about. Um, I can't even remember what the point was. Oh, someone was talking about um, shit. What movie was it? Oh, Hell or High Water. Oh. Like how how good of a movie Hell or High Water was. And someone just mentioned like it was okay. I was like, well, it's not. 
it's not like the guy that was the the original poster was being hyperbolic. It was it was nominated for best picture that year. Right. Like it's widely regarded out of a lot of good films that year. Yeah, widely regarded as a great film. Yeah. And then I guess the Oscars are like a trigger word for Reddit because yeah. they're like. That means nothing. That's a that's a shitty thing. That means nothing. Oscars. Are, it doesn't say anything about the movie. It's like, all right, man. It's like I, I get it. But if you're talking about an artistic, oh yeah, like product, you, you can't just go off of personal opinions for that's another one for how you how you subjectively. It's if you want to make it less subjective of a call, you have to use some kind of metrics like critical reviews or industry awards or something like that. That's another one that hit me so hard on first viewing. Like I was like, damn, what a fucking just astonishingly good movie. Yeah. And then on second viewing, a little slow. Same thing. Just same thing as the exorcist for me. Like it was just, it's just slow now because it's like, you know what it's like? It's like, um, you know, when you're driving somewhere, somewhere new, uh-huh. the drive there takes four Ever. And that's like the second viewing of movies. Yeah. Because the drive back is just like, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember all this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, we don't have to talk much about Hell or High Water, but I mean, that's a pretty subtle movie. There's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. In terms of like the interrelationship stuff. Yeah. And just really, social commentary. I mean, that's that's really what I like about it was like just the relationship between those two brothers two is brothers. so realistic. Yeah. Yeah, they were real people for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff Bridges felt like standard Jeff Bridges bad guy. Yeah, I mean Kinda. I wouldn't I wouldn't even say I mean who's the bad guy in that movie? Let's not right. let's stop talking about okay. Hell or High Water. Okay. <laughs> let's get into our mid-roll. Um Oh, I'd say 10 out of 10 for Exorcist as well. Yeah. Just with a few little, little yeah. notations. Um, I mean, you could you could also say that. I mean, there's lots of horror movies that you could say are slow on the second viewing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, let's uh, talk about our Patreon. Um, go check out our Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash Horror Movie Talk. Um, we have different tiers for all price ranges and all different perks um, getting kind of popular everybody's kind of bumping up their patronage i'm just saying i mean just you know just recently is yeah it's been it's been yeah i mean i'm kicking I'm, off and it's because it's a good product yeah we ship I'm, a good product yeah i'm i'm surprised that i mean i shouldn't say i'm surprised at the support but i mean it's it's a really um i don't know how to, how to describe it touching i don't know really really um makes you feel good in your validating yeah validating um to see that someone wants to financially support the podcast some of the things that we we offer um that that patrons kind of like is the after pod which is a whole nother podcast where we um just leave the mics running and talk about what's going on in our lives and and maybe a little more you know off topic stuff um, and then the other thing that patrons like is being able to have input on our patron selection. So they come up with a, as, as patrons, they come up with a selection of movies to vote on and then they vote on them and we do a review in the next month. And there's a bunch of other stuff like you can, you can listen to, to these episodes early. Mm-hmm. In fact, I imagine that this episode will be available at least w- probably within a week or two from being recorded, even though it probably won't be released for several weeks. So, yeah. 
Uh, but, 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 you can also support the podcast by going to Horror Movie Talk and clicking through the button in the top banner to Amazon. You know, you're going to be buying stuff on Amazon anyway, so might as well let them kick a little money back to us for referring you. Um, this movie, I don't know, you know, at the time of release of this episode, if this is true, but, uh, The Exorcist was on Shudder. That's where we watched it. Um, it's a great platform for streaming movies and TV shows and the horror genre. If you want to try out Shutter, use code HMT at checkout and you'll get a 30-day free trial instead of their shitty, insulting seven-day free trial. You can trial. say it. It's retarded. Yeah. Um, it's R-worded. It's TikToked. Oh, sorry. Uh, thanks again for listening. Let's get into Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> oh. Um so yeah, we also we already mentioned some of this stuff that I want to talk about, but um let's talk about the behind the scenes stuff a little bit about William Friedkin, the director. He sounds like not a great guy. Oh. Why <laughs> like, is that? Just the way he treated the actors. And I think it's like um, you know, he was doing it for a purpose. He was trying to get the performance that he wanted, but also like, it's like there's other Come ways on. to do it. Come on, bro. So here's a couple of things that happened on the set. He shot a gun like pretty close to Jason <laughs> Miller's ear to get a reaction. What the fuck? And Jason Miller was like pissed off. He's like, I'm an actor. I can act surprised. Like, you don't have to shoot a fucking gun, <laughs> you know? And so it's just. That there's um that's unbelievable, like for everyone who can't see me, like I'm a mouth ajar if somebody did that shit to me, I'd kill them mm-hmm. you oh you're gonna you, you're gonna fucking shoot a gun next to my head that's that is unbelievable um I mean that's not even the worst of it Ellen Burstyn, um you you know that scene where Reagan throws her across the room, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when, when she was, uh, when she was masturbating with the cross violently and Jesus, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they, wait, what? So how <laughs> I just, you distracted me now. That's, that's such a, we'll, we'll get into that. That's just thing. a Wednesday night. Yeah, our house. Jesus Christ. Um, so to accomplish that, they tied like a rope around her and yanked her down Ooh. and, uh, Ellen Burstyn, she was like, can you just, you know, don't, don't do it too hard. Like, don't like pull it to where I'm going to hurt this, myself. This basically. guy, this guy then, sounds like my dad. And then William Friedkin went to the stunt man that was, you know, pull, going to pull the rope. Slipped him they a got 20 like, and was like, crack some ribs. Yeah, they got, I think there was like two men that were on this rope. What? And he just said like, just pull it as fucking hard as you can. And they yanked her they like it threw her down to the floor and what? like that reaction of her like ah, in yeah. agony yeah that was an actual reaction because she really hurt her back and it's she says that she basically has permanent damage what? from Th- that this dude is my dad this yeah. is this that's what i've learned i'm learning now um the other one was when um i didn't even write this one down but when Linda Blair um, is being 
that scene on the bed where she's like sitting up and yeah, laying back flopping down, around, flopping around real hard. So apparently that um, the laces came kind of loose on the thing that was holding her to the contraption that was, you know, setting her up and throwing her down. Okay. And that was also being controlled by big burly men. And they, she was just like really flopping around and she really hurt herself. Uh, she actually broke her back. What? And she didn't. They didn't send her to the hospital. And uh, <laughs> the... Both of those scenes, the the one with Ellen Burson, you know, hurting her back and 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 uh, Linda Blair breaking her back, um, those were the scenes, those were the takes used in the film. So it comes off as very realistic because it is real. They're really like that's horrified and hurt. Um, that's unbelievable. The uh, the scene where William O'Malley, uh, so William O'Malley recalled that William Friedkin slapped him prior to shooting. And caused his hand to tremble while blessing Father Kara. So, like the very, like one of the very closing scenes when um, uh, Father Karras is being read his last rites. Yeah. The, the the other priest, I guess, got slapped by the director to get a good take. Mm. Dude, I would murder this dude. And then, lastly, this is just like post production. Friedkin actually hated the original music so much that. At the recording session, he yelled at the orchestra to stop playing, removed the reels that had been recording the music from the sound desk, and promptly threw the reels into the street in front of the composer and his wife. Wow. Yeah, this dude, this dude's just a narcissist. Yeah, I mean, to a certain degree, I mean, that's kind of being a director, isn't it? But... No, well, I don't know. I don't no. know. I guess like I wouldn't say it's like Spielberg it's is probably narcissist. The, the, the difference between a, a good manager and a bad manager, you know, it's yeah, like, you can get people to do things without making them hate you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I looked at who the original um, composer was and I mean, he probably made the right call like the guy. Oh, I mean, un like unquestionably, he made the right call. Yeah. But he, you don't have. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, for all those reasons and other reasons, this is considered a cursed production. I heard something like uh, there was a lot of uh, tertiary, like an abnormal amount of and um, in close proximity to each other deaths. Yeah, I mean, of of so like so cast members and uh, and production team staff. Like a lot of people, all within you know the month or two of of shooting this. Yeah, it's not nearly as bad as like um, the Poltergeist or some of the other movies, or like you know Twilight Zone, where people actually died during the shooting of the movie or died directly after or something like that. But there, yeah, like or you said, the there's, crow. Yeah, there's yeah, there's some tertiary deaths. Like Max von Sydow's brother died right before production started. Um, there are some other people whose relatives died I think, during production. I, I think Jason it, Miller had someone that died that was close to him. Is he the younger priest? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it gets, I think that gets an unfair amount of press yeah. because this movie at the time th was lobbied against heavily by the Catholic church as well as like every Catholic church member. 
well, who who was super devout. Um, yeah. And uh, and I think people really didn't want this to see the light of day. And so they they would, you know, they, there was a lot of um, uh, what, what do you call it? Um, uh, propaganda about yeah. about this movie just just to kind of and it really helped obviously it really yeah. helped with yeah <laughs> with i mean the it's, box it's like a draw. it's not the first movie to do that and it's definitely not the last no. to use kind of gimmicks and like kind of like questions about what's going on with this movie yeah. like what's um Is to build real? the buzz yeah the other thing that yeah the, like like the like the, the the blair witch project was like right is this shit real right. holy shit is this shit real or like paranormal activity when yeah. they advertise that they just showed showed the reactions audiences. of the yeah. audiences or whenever you talk about like a piece of art that made people vomit or something um yeah like um uh cannibal holocaust or something like that it's like yeah. oh was this is this there's real? a there's a book by um, are people really being murdered and eaten in this chuck palanick's novel um the haunted i think it was haunted mm. um it has a scene in there where it basically i remember on the press for it was like people threw up after reading this chapter which is pretty intense but anyways it's it's not a it's not a new thing the other like last thing to talk about is the curse production is um there was actually a like a serial killer in the movie what so in the scene where let me guess where he's walking to his mom's house through new york no okay um I can't remember if it's actually a serial killer, but that's, an actual killer. But they that's by the way, that moment that I mentioned where he's walking through actual New York City, that's like my ultimate most romantic version of New York City <laughs> I have in my mind. Just the kids completely demolishing a car. Yeah, where there's like there's just there's there's spray paint everywhere and an old man just kind of like just like passed out on a stoop and like little kids running the place and it's like yeah. this place is creepy. I love it. So there's the scene in the hospital where um, she's getting the, I can't remember, it's like an angio something, something. Mm. Where yeah, yeah. They oh, like, yeah. That was super disturbing. Yeah. Where they were so, taking video of the inside of her head with these big, loud, clappy machines. Mm-hmm. So there's a thing where they're inserting like a wire into her, into her artery or whatever. So that scene looked very realistic because they used an actual like neurosurgeon. Okay. And his staff. And so there was like a medical assistant in that scene that later was convicted of murder. Hmm. Of oh. some guy. Ah. So, you know, interesting things. Things to make Impressive. you go, hmm. Very nice. Yeah. Um, I was always confused at the beginning of this film. This, the, very much like the, the Shining, like it kind of puts you off kilter. Like yeah, you kind of or two thousand one. It feels very two thousand one Space Odyssey kind of yeah. monolith scene. It's like, what's what does that what's mean? This about so the the beginning and even the ending is a little confusing. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? Like you kind of have. I had to read what specifically happened. Mm-hmm. Like other, it feels very symbolic. Yeah, you know, it's very much like. You can tell the dog's the evil guy because he's got real shifty eyes. You know? Yeah. I was trying to pull that clip from The Simpsons and I couldn't find it. Um, but it's it's very much like tonal. 
Yeah. Um, there, it starts out in Iraq. Max von Sydow's character, uh, Father Marin, is also kind of an archaeologist, and yeah. they're doing a dig in like Nineveh or something, like so- somewhere around Iraq, where somewhere around the loins, the loincloth of the world. And they, he uncovers some weird little trinket, which I mean, just from the music and the reaction, will tell you it's evil somehow. But you're like, okay, is that near the Tigris and the Euphrates? And then (laughs) that's the that's where the world was birthed. I just realized how terrible that first clip I said, the loincloth of the world. I just meant the loins of the world. It wasn't like that. um, The place where the world was birthed. Civilization. Yeah. And then he finds some like statue that, you know, is also evil because there's evil music behind it. It's very I mean, it doesn't explain anything. And it actually it's got a dick. There's a whole backstory. And I think the novel goes into it more and the subsequent sequels go into it more but the demon's name is actually pazuzu pazuzu and it never mentions that in the film or really talks about who pazuzu is but pazuzu is an actual like assyrian Uh, demon that was like the the demon of like drought or something like that um so so as we were watching this carrie carrie uh, i made mention of um I think I think I made mention of Emily Rose or and then also Hereditary and she was like so is it like a demon that's in her or is it the devil and I was like well I mean I I I'm not sure in in the exorcist but usually it's usually it's a demon she's like well like is it just any old demon and I was like well it's like like in Emily Rose, he says it's Belial and Legion, and and then in Hereditary, they say it's Paimon. She's like, what are you talking about? What are all these names you're coming up with? And I was like, wait, what? And she's like, what are all these names? Belial, Beelzebub. That not that just a lyric from a Queen song? And then I realized my wife didn't know that demons were angels cast out of heaven along oh, with Satan. Oh, she doesn't know anything she about She had no idea. I mean, it, and so it, she's like, credit, even, so they're, they have names and they're like, they're like characters. I was like, yeah, yeah. They, they each do a thing for Satan. I mean, to her credit, it really doesn't even talk about that in the Bible. Like that's. Yeah, this is all such. Yeah, there's a whole folklore. There's of, a whole like thing around demonology and and the Catholic Church. I, I almost wanted to do another podcast. If it podcast. were in the Bible, it wouldn't make a difference to her. She yeah. wouldn't have. I mean, the, these names are mentioned in the Bible just as kind of alternate names for, for Satan yeah. and for, like, pagan gods. Like, um, ba- Baal is like yeah. a pagan god that's, you know, there's a story of, who is it? Is it Elijah? It's either Elijah or um, Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Someone, someone with an E name. They... The Esau, priest, Enoch, the, the priests of Baal are like, our God's better than your God. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, uh-uh. make him make your God set fire to all these things. And then they, <laughs> then they go and set fire. To they them. pray to Baal and like nothing happens. And like, oh, yeah, we'll check out what my God can do. And then and then the God of Abraham like came and burned everything and then and stuff. And then they did, and then and now you're not inviting my birthday party. Yeah. So there's like biblical stories that mention these names, but it's never it never really talks or codifies about what a demon is yeah. or what really happens in the you know 
ether. I was like, the lieutenants of hell, you yeah. know. And she was like, what lieutenants? You mean they have like a military? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I there's like, yeah, kind of. There's other apocryphal stuff and and just literature talks about it a lot more. So like Paradise Lost um, goes into a lot of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, anyways. Yeah, demons. I almost wanted to do like another podcast, a separate too. podcast It'll on demonology. So much, so much fun to learn all that stuff. Just like an actual like academic. That's kind of asking thing. for it, though. You know, I mean, Maybe. there's an aspect of this movie uh, that it hits some weird nerve within me. Yeah, tell tell the audience what you the conversation you had with your wife. Yeah, she goes. Oh, this is so scary. She goes. This is so scary. What? Do you believe, like, you were a Christian at some point. Do you, like, is this, does this really happen? And I was like, I mean, it happens. And whether or not it's real, I, I tell you what, I, I'm, I know I'm scared enough of this happening that I'm, I would, I, I would not risk cursing my family by, <laughs> by denouncing it. You know, I would, I wouldn't say it's not real because, that means I'm putting myself at risk according to the lore of a lot of these movies. And yeah, it's one of those things where something like this happens and it's real to the people that it happens to. Right. Yeah, it's that's exactly right. And 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 who knows how how deep that goes. Yeah. Something tells me it's not real deep. Another thing tells me that hereditary could be very real. And that's a horrifying yeah. thought. Is just being a sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Um, one of the main lessons from The Exorcist is don't fuck with Ouija boards. Yeah. Quidja. 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 Huyuja. Luigi board. Luigi um, board? <laughs> they're tricky. Yeah, I I wrote down, like, I, I honestly didn't remember the Ouija board part. Like, I wrote down, like, yeah, in this film, they don't ever really... Um, show reagan inviting in the devil or doing anything weird and then it showed like the next scene was the ouija board scene I'm like oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah now i remember <laughs> <So> <laughs> she's like having personal conversations with captain howdy hey which is that's a great <laughs> such a great name that's a great name captain howdy for a little girl to come up with the name of her demon yeah captain howdy um yeah so don't don't Fuck with Ouija. Yeah, just that's don't another do one. it. That's another one, like, along those lines of, I don't want to say they're not real because right. I don't want to be cursed. I also don't want to play with a Ouija board just because, you know, what's what's, what's the upside? What's to be gained? Yeah. I I want to play with one so bad. <laughs> I But, but I, was, I can't. I can't. My hands are bound. What am I going to do? Invite the devil into my house? I don't think so. When I was a real young kid, the, like kindergarten age or yeah very, same. very yeah, soon after i know where you're going with it. we we played with a ouija board and it nothing happened but i remember we left the friend's house and then came back and then i felt like something that something really bad is in that house like i don't i really don't feel right about going into the house and i made him stay outside it was i mean just like yeah superstition or just the feeling i got yeah and, you know i love that shit yeah i uh, oh man this this goes so deep so uh this 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 thing you're describing is like this 
sort of like sixth sense of a kid and it's also like the experiences of a kid yeah they're so different you know now everything's kind of black and white for you and me. yeah i mean you, you forget about the magical thinking of kids right like th- the world of magic is real right to kids and uh, i was talking to one of our bloggers leah who has written a bunch of blogs that i need to i need to work on this weekend to get them out and uh, I sent her a book that reminds me a lot of the, that feeling, which is The Wasp Factory. Did you ever read that? Uh-uh. It's, I it, still haven't finished the... It's about... Uh, it's a book by my favorite author, Ian Banks, and it captures that. The feeling of being a little kid with a bunch of superstitions and feelings. Mm. You know? So, mm. if you guys like that, what I'm describing, check that book out. The Wasp Factory. So let's talk about some of the things that just really work for this movie. I, I think the, I mean, you, you said it, it felt a little slow upon repeat watching. Like, I I don't agree. It felt like perfect to me. Okay. Because it really takes its time in setting up the characters and setting up the relationship. Um, it shows you, and it's not just like a scene where like, hey, she's a normal girl. Yeah. Like, ah, they're... It's a mom-daughter relationship. Like, it's considerable amount of time is spent, like, showing this relationship, how loving they are. Yeah, it's, like, it's critical t- 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 for the empathy to be there, for the audience to be like, oh, look, they love each other, and they're just normal people. And I'll tell you what, like, the, as with most horror movies, this viewing of it is a lot different now that I have mm-hmm. a little girl, mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah. I, that I'm a father. I mean, it's probably the same for you like and yeah. and mine's i don't think either one of our daughters are even close to the age i think that reagan is supposed to be 12 yeah ish. right around puberty kind of and so um my daughter is seven right now damn I but can't i believe she's seven but i've i've had similar moments that they portray in this movie of just bedtime having a chat like yeah listening to what you know her wants and like talking about stuff that's she doesn't understand you know things things like that wow. she felt it felt very real like linda blair was a good little actress oh yeah um yeah the, the, they're good re- good relationships i guess you could say i just want to have a meaningful relationship with someone special um the other thing that works is the character development of father karis um i mean before he's even involved with the mcneil family you know you see him conversing with other priests saying that he's basically lost his faith that he doesn't want to be a priest anymore um his job is to be a psychiatrist to catholic priests which probably is a pretty harrowing profession in itself yeah especially now that we understand everything that that entails you know tom i just can't help but put my dick in little boys (laughs) just over and over again and i ask for forgiveness and i feel like he does it but you know i mean then then i just do it again yeah man again whenever i talk about um, you know, Catholic priest pedophilia. There's a documentary that you have to watch called um, "Deliver Us from Evil." Okay. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, it's something. I seem to remember. It's that. either "Hear No Evil." It's something "No Evil," uh, or "Deliver Us from Evil." But it's it just documents like just one 
yeah. guy, but it shows how the Catholic Church worked and how yes. like the the things that feed into that those attitudes about yeah. yes. that's it's dirty. Oh, that's not a part of this movie at all. But I mean, just he's he, he's, he's disillusioned. A, he's he's disillusioned. Yeah. Um, and the so, old attic. <laughs> the old attic. We'll get to the old attic. The, but I mean, the character development's there. You you get a real feeling and the backstory and and stuff happens around Father Karras and stuff happens around the mother daughter to see like yeah they're not feels like real life. They're not stable. They're dealing with shit. Right. You know. Yeah. They're people. They're not completely secure. They're not like super happy. And they're not one dimensional characters. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then shit starts to happen, and where does it start happening? God damn, it's that damn old attic. The old attic. Man, I, I mean, it's just had such a, uh, paranormal activity vibe to yeah. it. Like, uh, or I guess paranormal activity just stole the vibe directly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got a lot of parts in this movie that are very, I mean, I, I don't very know. modern. I don't know if they're they were done really that way before this movie. Cause it right. feels like very much a trope now Yeah, where it's, but it felt very real. Like you, you hear this sound, this weird Ugh. sound in the attic Ugh. and you just look up there and you're like, you don't see anything. You're just like, it's unseen. Yeah. And you're like, what is that? Well, it's probably, Raccoons. it's probably something explainable, easily explainable. It's rats or whatever. Um, and then eventually, she investigates this sound and one of the um the unsung heroes of this movie is the jump scare in the attic yeah that that scene had so much like latent tension just building yeah. around it because there's you hear the sound and it's coming from like no source and like that's the feeling you get like it's happening like right next to her, and she has no idea what's making it. Yeah, like, there's no explanation. And she's for got it. a candle. It's and like, she's she's got a candle. What the hell is going on? Did yeah. people take candles up into the attic in the seventies? <laughs> that seems like a surefire way to burn your house down. Well, you can't be bothered to go find a flashlight. Who knows where a flashlight is? Who knows? It's like the it's like the bread ties. What year? Like was you this? set them down and they just disappear. <laughs> they just disappear. You don't know where they go. That's what flashlights are. What year is this? 1973 73 okay see this is but that's believable to me i have no frame of reference <laughs> maybe people may i mean surely flashlights weren't just a buck at the corner store back right, then right they were probably 20 dollars, and you maybe had one yeah so maybe you got candles all i don't know i i I grew up in the 80s. I have no idea. <laughs> so she's up in the attic, and then there's this big flame that shoots out from the candle yeah. at this moment. And she j- jump scare, and it does something really cool. Like, she immediately gets distracted by the servant that's walking up the stairs or yeah. whatever. To where it, it's a very subtle thing, but I realize, like, that is a h- actual human thing to where if something happens and you're immediately distracted... You can forget it yep. or think that, oh, that must have been, that must not have been how it happened. I must have got startled by the guy walking up and it felt like the candle shot up, but that didn't actually happen. It's in, in your memory feels unreliable yeah. just, just seconds after things happen anyway. Yeah. It's, and then you kind of cement it into reality a couple days later. It's like, right. no, that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, 
uh, some more color. I love the drunk director harassing the Nazi or the that same that same uh, servant that surprised her in the attic. I don't think oh, yeah. it doesn't really like cement whether he was a Nazi or not. But, right. But uh, he was a foreign. Like, yeah. Wait, butler kind of thing. Yeah. He's like just this drunk. Yeah. Okay. Not enduring. <laughs> not entirely belligerent director, but like really going after this guy until the servant like tries to choke him out (laughs) and just the look of satisfaction on the director's face like (laughs) 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 yeah yeah and um yeah the party feels how i imagine all dinner parties in the 70s were (laughs) yeah you know like classy people dressed up they had their sport coat on you have a living room where you entertain you know yeah it, it, yeah you have a you have your priest there and he's playing the piano <laughs> and he's getting sloshed because he's a priest you uh-huh. know and it's like god damn yeah just ambiance all over yeah. the place um and that's the scene where reagan comes back down the stairs i mean she was at the party and acting normal yeah and then she comes back down the stairs and she looks like ominous and she's, I think it's probably one of the first occurrences of those like real black eyes, yeah. you know, um, black eyes, not black guys. Um, <laughs> she's got black eyes, like doll's eyes. <laughs> um, and she looks at this astronaut and she's like, you're going to die up there. And then she pisses herself and you just see this. She pisses this directly trail, on the floor. You know, this, this stream hit the carpet right below her. And it's so disturbing, and it's so simple. Let me tell you, this one really hit home for me because I have a daughter who just won't stop <laughs> peeing all over my floor. And our, our carpet is so gross. I, It's so gross. My wife buys in bulk these pet... The enzyme stuff? Yeah, the enzyme stuff with a bunch of, like, flowery perfume Uh in it, and then she, like, vacuums it up, just because it's so fucking nasty. This girl's been potty training for two years. Or, no, one year. It's like three... A third of her life. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Hits home. Yeah, it's it's real disturbing to see a little girl come pee all over your floor. Yeah, and it's... Yeah, it's... very, very simple scenes that are disturbing. Like, yeah. And I, I guess the first inkling that you get that something is wrong is before then, like, Reagan is in um, – you can hear my my son crying in the background, maybe. Um, Reagan is in Chris's bed, and Chris is like, what are you doing in my bed? And she's like, my bed's shaking. Yeah. Like, what is that? What? Yeah, and she says it so offhandedly. It's like, she, my bed's shaking. I can't sleep in there. Yeah, She's like, oh, okay, well, why are you in here? Like, It's exactly like the kind of throwaway thing that your kid would say that you'd be like, yeah, okay, all right. You're, you, don't even, you don't even give it a moment yeah. to breathe because you, it's just unbelievable. It's something a child would say. And also, like, it's something a tired child would say, too. Right. Like, you just woke up from mid-sleep. I mean, they didn't really play it that way, but it's, I don't know, it's just a a weird thing. And then later it it escalates, and then the, some of these scenes are so simple, and you take them for granted, Um, but in the moment, 
I don't know about you, but they were still super effective. Like the the scene where it's just the bed shaking and Ellen Burstyn jumps on the bed and it's still like shaking violently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, I just watched it last night. And I was legit terrified. And I was like, holy shit. Like, because I, I was with the characters. I was like putting my empathy, yeah. you know, out there. And just how terrifying would that be? Just like, there's no explanation. Just when, if you're in the middle of it, like, when is this going to stop? What the fuck is going on? I don't know. I don't know what it is about this movie, but there's... There is a little bit of a barrier between me and what's happening in this movie. Yeah. Um, for some reason. And yeah, I, I don't feel that terror around these scenes. Mostly what I feel is an, is x-ray vision. Uh, I go, I go, I wonder what the guy's shaking this bed were. <laughs> you know, I wonder what the contraption was like to, yeah, to accomplish I mean, this. I, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's true. Especially on repeated viewings, you'd. I go, think about the production of it. I, I mean, know they had to have four by fours hooked up to on either side of this bed and then like hinges. And so so for me, it's it's just the practical effects just don't quite make it under that bar of believability for me. And that's where a lot of my hesitation with this movie comes in is because I've seen I never felt quite with the exception of the like the makeup and stuff that's pretty pretty top notch and still pretty disturbing to this day like the head spin and yeah. the vomiting and stuff that's that's like core gross out effective still but a lot of the like practical mechanical effects i kind of i kind of see through it really i'm the, i'm the reverse like i i think those practical effects where it's just like moving stuff is really effective to me. It's like the makeup and the vomit and stuff. It's like, I look at that. I'm like, Oh, well that's a, that's just caked on makeup. And that's, this is a, this is a key difference. And this is why, and this is why films like hereditary works so well on me is because the thing that disturbs me are people, Uh you know, at its core, like when I'm camping in the woods, I'm not scared of animals or anything like that. I'm only scared of other people. That's it. Yeah. And and so when I see a little girl whose head is spinning around and she's projectile vomiting on people, that's like my worst nightmare. And when I see, you know, when I see um, um, Tony Collette float from uh, like spoilers about hereditary, when I see her do all these really horrifically spooky things in that house in hereditary. Ooh, that's much scarier than a door slamming or a bed shaking to me. Yeah, so see, for me, it's I'm I'm getting chills just thinking about it's it. It's much more like the empathy of the characters. Mm. Like I empathy towards the characters and I'm, their situation. I'm experiencing it with them, and so the outside forces for them seem more scary for me because I feel like I'm experiencing them too. I think mine comes from fight or flight. Like I go, I need to deal with that. Like uh-huh. we need to deal with that person. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And yeah. Um, so, I mean, the reason why the shaking bed is terrifying for me and a lot of the other aspects of the movie are terrifying is really because of Ellen Burstyn's acting. She is 
fantastic. I think she really carries this movie. It would not be a classic without her. No. Like, um, the the guy who plays Father Karras, he's good, but it's not, it's not super charismatic. There's not a lot going on there, but Ellen Burstyn's reactions and how she carries herself throughout the film communicates so much about what's going on and and what her mental state is. Yeah. Like, by the end when she's talking to Father Karras and just so timidly bringing up the topic of exorcism, she is on her last nerve. Yeah. She's exhausted everything. Yeah. And she is, like, at her wit's end. And that's, like, a cliche phrase, but you look at her at that moment, you're like, that's what that looks like. Right. Just so desperate and despondent. That, Re- like, resigned and also like desperate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's, she's fantastic. She's like one of the best actresses. Um, full stop. In, in my opinion, like she, I don't know what else she's been in, to be honest with you. I, I've, I'm not very familiar with her. I mean, she's not in a lot of stuff, but what she's in, she's great. Like she's in, one, if not the uh, movie that's my favorite of all time. Um, there Will Be Blood? Requiem for a Dream. Oh. Yeah, Requiem for oh, a Dream. Oh, was she the mom in that? Yeah, she was the mom in that. Oh. And she was, like, fantastic yeah. in that movie. Yeah. That was another one where, like, I mean, Jared Leto and, and uh, what's his name? It's not, was it Jamie Foxx? No, it was uh, Marlon Wayans. Yeah. And Jennifer Connelly. They're good. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of good stuff in there, but Ellen Burstyn was the heart of that movie. Yeah. Like, that is, like, where the real tragedy was. And it's the same. I felt like ass to ass was pretty tragic. (laughs) Well, that just made me hot. Oh. (laughs) Ass to ass. That's such a disgusting. Like, that that made sexuality so gross. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was. Because it's forced. Yeah. It's so nasty. I, watching the director's commentary for that movie, like how they describe the um, the guy, I can't remember who he is played by the the black guy in that the guy that's basically the it's been the pimp. You know, I watched I, I know this like twenty really, years ago. I'm not. Anyways, that guy is like the, the one guy with pure intentions. He's like, yes, I'll give you drugs for sex. Yeah, like it's very simple. Like it's not. Yeah, I'm. I'm not fooling anyone. This is like, transactional. I'm not lying to myself. I'm not lying to you. Like this is what it is. Yeah. If you want drugs, do this. Um, everyone else is just lying to themselves and yeah. saying like, "Oh, well, this is this is for the greater good." Yeah. It's like no. Um, anyways, she, Ellen Burstyn is fantastic in this movie, and yeah. uh, I I can't like this movie wouldn't be The Exorcist without her. Um. So throughout the throughout the movie, the first half is really her trying to figure out what's going on with Reagan and lots of medical tests, like disturbing medical tests and looks very real. So William Friedkin actually went and saw in the hospital some of these procedures and he saw the one procedure where um, it was like exploring the artery or whatever, where it's the scene where like the little sp- blood yeah. is splurting out. Is that real? I don't know if that's real. That looks so real. It looks that, very real. But I mean, that's like, that is what that procedure would look like because of the the actual 
doctor that does that was the one that was doing it. Yeah. In that scene. It looks so real. It, yeah. I, I, I'm almost convinced that they just, they just stuck a needle uh, like a syringe in her artery. And yeah. I don't, I don't think so. I think I would have come across whether that was real or not. Well, they it, broke her back and they were okay with that. What's a little needle? I don't think an actual doctor would agree to that, to just do an unnecessary surgery. Because that's know, like people, kind of a whole Hippocratic Oath kind th- of thing. There's a funny thing that happens when you say, you're going to be in a movie. <laughs> Suddenly, you know, I would assume. I mean, that's... I doctors mean, are just people, man. I mean, Harvey Weinstein, I mean, that was his whole uh, personality was based on that concept. I guess so, yeah. Um, so anyways, the, all these tests, like... It's really disturbing to see a little helpless little girl being surrounded by these loud, giant mechanical machines. Ugh. Just being, you feel like the, yeah. how horrifying that would be for her. Yeah. It's, it's really genuinely disturbing. And then, you know, you get the, the sense that, you know, uh, uh, Chris McNeil, the, the mother character in this, she's a famous actress. She's got money and she's just throwing all of these resources into this problem. She's got like a panel of 80 doctors looking at this yeah. thing and they, they, they have nothing for her. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it must be psychological. <laughs> and then it's a very, um, the killing of a sacred deer makes them a movie out of that concept, right? Out of this concept of what is wrong with my kid? We're doctors. We're going to look into it. We got a panel of experts. What's going on? What is going on with Bob? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it's, it, it's one of my favorites. If you haven't checked it out, we did review it about a year ago. Um, in my opinion, great movie. Bryce, not so much, but yeah, check out Killing of a Sacred Deer because it steals this vibe heavy, this hospital yeah. vibe. And I'll tell you what, from a personal fear standpoint, and this might go to why I feel so empathetic, like, the most terrified I've ever been in my life and the, the worst I've ever felt um, was when my son was in the hospital. And it's not like he was on life support or anything, but it, he was in the ICU. Yeah. He's a little kid. He was like two or three yeah. when this happened. And there's n- not a feeling that's more helpless than being a parent, seeing your kid like hooked up to machines and seeing them not get better. Like, that's... It's genuinely... Like, it broke me. Yeah, I for, remember for that. For that time. I remember that. It was... And I can't explain it. It's like... It's the same thing as, like, when I saw my dad. You conceptualize it throughout your life, and you're like, oh, yeah, that'd be kind of rough. And then you get there, and you're like, this is next-level horror. Yeah. Like, I... I talked to you about this. Like when I saw my dad in the ICU after his uh, heart surgery, that was another like, I was not prepared for it. Yeah. Like I did not realize how like visceral and how like impactful seeing your father and realizing my dad's going to die. Yeah. At my some dad's going to die that his mortality is very real to you. Yeah. And it's, it changed how I saw him since. Yeah. And it's it's distur- it makes me bummed out. Like it's it's still really raw and he's just getting older and it's just getting worse, you know, of just like, yeah, he's not I mean, he's not going to be around in a decade. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Right. Um 
Anyways, that's that's truly terrifying. Can, so, we'll, like, this, don't worry, sir. We'll unthaw you after we find a cure for eighty-seven stab wounds to the <laughs> chest. How much are we up to now, boys? Seventy-five. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Yeah, you know. So a lot of that, all that goes in this movie, and like I said, like watching this movie as a father is. Is yeah. a new it brings it up to a new level. Puts a new lens on. And it. It was already like a really scary movie when I watched it as a teenager. Yeah, as a kid, you're like, Jesus Christ, I don't want to be in that. Um, now you're like, I don't want my kid to be in that. I guess we gotta talk a. Little, well, I think we'll get to everything. Um, so the makeup. I mean, you said you like the makeup. I think the makeup is really good in the first half of it. It's pretty subtle, the changes. And then it just goes to pretty ridiculous by the ending. Just looks like she looks like an actual like green demon at the end. Um, I wonder I wonder how much of this is um, is hindered now on uh, modern viewing because of a high def. Because, yeah, you watch a movie back in a th- grimy old smoky theater in 1973 and probably you need a lot of makeup to make it through the you know the um the resolution that was being projected on the screen at that time yeah i mean the other thing is like just the technology around makeup is a lot further now like yeah. that's just not something that you really appreciate right. as a moviegoer of like oh well the cgi look how much better the cgi is or the compositing it's like no like you don't they realize use oil oil based makeup for that or something yeah. like that where it's like oh it's just an inferior product. Yeah. They're not using like really really thin like subtle latex things. There's like no, they're just like caking on stuff and gashing into it to make it right, you know. Um so that that's the one thing that I feel dates it a little like the special effects, but that being said, everything is practical. And it's pretty impressive when you look at it that way, especially the scene where all those records and shit are flying around the room, like all when it's like really crazy. Yeah, that I mean, you have to think about it. It really looks like there's a fucking storm, like throwing stuff around the room. Yeah. And I don't know how they did it other than having like a horde of people throwing stuff violently all at the same time for a while. Yeah, I I don't know. I'd I'd be really interested to see a, a making of this. Yeah, like, because like I said, I already look at everything with X-ray vision in, yeah. in this movie. I'm just like, how do they do that? Um, Red Letter Media did a <coughs> review episode on The Exorcist, and that's one of the points that they brought up is that, and they even compared that scene of throwing all the records and all the stuff, all the shit flying around the room. They show how much more effective that is than. In the Poltergeist, like a couple years later, did the same thing, but with like blue screen, and it just looks so much faker and worse. Like it's so le- much less impactful because you're like, oh yeah, that's just a, a matte, yeah, you know, composite, yeah, of this thing onto. So the scene I always think of when I think of like bad blue screen is I think Escape from L.A. Or it might have been Escape from New York, where he's he's riding the wave, riding that wave, and it just looks so fucking garbage. Yeah, I mean that's the one thing about practical effects that I think 
I think films are turning the corner on it a little more. They're not, they're realizing the limitations of CGI and yeah, that, it's not, it's not just a hammer that you use for everything. Use it for the fine details. Don't just cudgel it into, use it for every goddamn thing. Like with practical effects, like you can, you can accept some imperfection and you can accept some like a little bit of like, oh yeah, that's yeah, it fake. Was, yeah. But, it's also more visceral. Like there's right. a difference between CGI when you see it's fake. It's like there's a soul to the real thing. Yeah. When CGI, when you see like the the fakeness in the CGI, it looks sterile. You're right. Like, That's not real because it's it doesn't exist in reality. Yeah. And you can tell. But when you see like makeup or or something that you say like, well, that's obviously makeup. Yes. But it's also real. Right. Like so, it feels more visceral yeah overall um let's see kinderman is kind of a the detective is kind of a uh, tertiary character but he's really effective in this movie i forgot like how good of a character he, he was in this movie in exorcist 3 he's like the main character um i know i didn't i didn't really understand his his role in this movie was just to kind of what what well see it's pretty on this viewing i realized how much of a how much of a big part the first um guy that died on the stairs was so I didn't realize it was actually the, who was the director or the, the director. Priest. Okay, it was the director that was. Yeah, and then was what's thrown- with the stairs? Those yeah. stairs, they keep going to it, and it's like, but why? Well, because they're scary. <sighs> okay, all right. Well, it's I mean, in terms of the film, it's foreshadowing. It's like, what's going on with these stairs? It's like, well, <laughs> there's going to be shit going down on those stairs, so it has to okay. present them. All right, all right, um, but. Yeah, the first death on the stairs of the director, um, you don't see it. You just find out that the director's dead, and they're talking about it, and they're like, I don't... Like, he wouldn't jump out the window. It doesn't make any sense. So, the only thing I could imagine is, like, someone very, very strong came in and threw him out. And so, it doesn't... Because the detective is like, the only other person in there was... Your little girl, Linda Blair, which is sick. Yeah, you know, so she's, she's not. She's not doing it. There's not going to be a 12 year old girl that can toss a man out a window. Like, think of that. How ridiculous that sounds. Yeah. Like I could, I could pick up a 12 year old and like toss him across the room. Yeah. They could not do the same to me. So, but from Ellen Burstyn's, uh, from Chris McNeil's perspective, she's seen. Reagan toss people across the room. Yeah. Already. So okay. she knows that so she's got the implication. Yeah. Yeah. That she knows that it was Reagan that tossed this guy out the window. So that means uh, that she murdered uh, the director, like a close friend of hers. Yeah. 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 And so I didn't realize how much of an underlying theme yeah. that was, because when she talks to father Karras, she brings that up. She's like, pretty sure he killed a guy. Pretty sure she killed a guy. She killed. She killed the director guy, you know, yeah. she's like, and it's horrifying to her. That's that's like for her is the real horror is that someone died because of this okay, already. That, this brings it full circle for me. Thank you very much. And a lot of it is like, yeah, that's where where Kinderman, where that cover 
where that character comes in. But I love that he's a huge fan. Yeah. Of, <laughs> he's like, can I get a autograph for my daughter? And she's like, all right, well, what's her, what's her name? I lied. It's for me. Uh, it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> I just love you. Um, okay. Let's talk about the scene. This is the thing that I'm surprised it's they a- don't talk about. People don't like, honestly, I went into this movie not knowing that the scene existed. Like the exorcist to me was head turning around, right. shaking bed, yep. um, vomit, vomit. Yeah. Um, at the re-release, your mother sucks cocks in hell. It was the spider walk. Like, ah, your mother sucks cocks in hell. Yeah, mother sucks cocks in hell. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. Thanks. Um, the the scene is she's violently Mm. masturbating Mm. with a crucifix. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not even, not even masturbating, like just stabbing, stabbing her genitals with a, with the, pointy end of a crucifix yeah. i guess all the ends of crucifixes yeah, are pretty pointy not really a, it's not a good spot to be stabbing yeah like it's so disturbing i feel it in my heels like it i've seen it before i've oh. seen this movie several times and that scene still like legitimately horrified me yeah last night when i watched it yeah yeah there's a weird thing um there's a weird thing surrounding kids and sexuality that no one wants to ever talk about. And because it's the most disturbing thing. Right. And especially that's, that's like the latent fears and the latent, like, because it represents innocence lost. Yeah. In its core, the problem that you're looking at when you see that happen, when you see that is a, is a child becoming aware of, like kind of their place in in society almost <laughs> it's a weird sort yeah. of innocence lost sort of thing yeah and uh and then to see it taken to such a horrific extreme i can't believe it made it into the movie um i mean there's a bit of there's the 70s movies had really pushed yeah, the there's, limits there's this like there's a sweet spot mm-hmm. of you can put out anything in film in this, like, you know, probably five, ten year yes. period of just, it's so extreme that you look at it now and you're like, holy shit, how did that ever get put out? Like, yeah. there's no way that would be put out now and not have an X rating. I can't remember, I can't remember, speaking of X rating, I can't remember the year that Caligula came out, but, uh, <laughs> 79. But Caligula is the most like horrifically sadistic, gory, just unbelievable, nasty, nasty movie. Mm-hmm. And it came out in the seventies and, uh, yeah, the something about the seventies, they really pushed the limits of, uh, what was okay. Yeah. And in contrast, the psycho, which came out, yeah. A decade or two yeah. before this movie, it did get an X rating. Wow. And wow. it's, we watched the original Psycho, like you can tell stuff is going on, but it's, nothing is shown. Right. It's all behind a curtain or, and, and granted, um, you know, the, the masturbation scene is, 
essentially behind a curtain, but not, a, not, a, not a, it's all, it's all, there's no insinuation. It's all obvious. Yeah. She takes her mom's head and like shoves it down and says, eat it. It's now, so fucking disturbing. Yeah. It's, it's like, pretty it's upsetting. Oh my God. And then the phrase, your cunting daughter, which is just, yeah. feels like a nonsense phrase, but it's like, so seeing insinuates so many weird thoughts. Yeah. Seeing just such filth coming out of a little girl's mouth is disturbing. And I guess, you know, the other part that carries this movie is the, the voice actor that did, um, Reagan's voice. Oh, okay. And she, the backstory there is like, it's this voice actress and she like to get ready. She like chain smoked. She, like basically did the most harm you could do to a voice to get that gravelly voice. And she was like a recovering alcoholic. And she, she knew that like, well, I got to drink whiskey to be able to get this specific voice. Ugh. And like William Friedkin, like tighter up her, her neck and her arms while she was recording just so they could get this very visceral voice wow. out of her. I mean, obviously very effective, but man, like it's, that stuff is still very, very visceral. To yeah. Me. Uh, a couple, a couple more points. The music in this movie is very spare, but effective. Yeah. Um, it's used twice. Yeah. Well, I mean, the theme song is used twice. Right. But there's other. There's the party where he's playing the piano. I mean, the music, it's not, it's used more than you realize. But it's used effect. It's almost more like a sound effect. Yeah. Um. A lot of the, a lot of the uh, music in this movie is you is from like twenty twentieth century avant garde composers, classical composers. Um. Penderecki, George Crumb. Oh, you love Penderecki. Yeah, Penderecki's great. Um. But all these, um, Anton Webern. Um. But yeah, George Crumb. It uses just a, just like. A second or two of Black Angels, which is one of my favorite. It's probably my favorite avant-garde piece. Wow. It's like a, it's a quartet. It's a fucking metal sounding name. Yeah. Well, I've, I've played it for you. It's that one, um, where's the violins like, oh yeah. Yeah. Black Angels screeching. is also a, an acid band. <laughs> um, anyway, so the music is super effective. Um, the exorcism doesn't really take up a lot of time in this movie. No, it, it takes up all the time in your head. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's... Yeah, it's, I felt I felt like... My memory said that, like, they did, like, three or four exorcisms, but really it was, like... One. One. Yeah. And then he went in and started another one, and then and he died. Yeah, he got killed. Um, really disturbing was Reagan just casually looking at the dead father, Marin. Yeah, just kind of like, oh, hmm. guess he's dead. Yeah, that's so. And then finally, the the struggle between the 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 father who lost his or the uh, the priest who lost his faith, saying, "Take me, yeah. take me, jump. Why why are you in this little girl? Just jump into me." And then and this happens within the space of like two seconds. Yeah, of this happening, and so it's a little confusing, like trying to understand what went on. But what actually goes on is Father Marin tells the demon to like take him instead. You see the demon take him over like almost instantaneously, and you can see that Reagan is 
Reagan again. Yeah, she's crying. She's doing what a little girl would do. Yeah. And then you see Father Karras possessed. Like, Fights it back. Going, well, He's he looks at Reagan and he's, it's implied that he's going to kill her. That he's going to throw her out the window. Mm. And that's, like, I didn't get that in the first couple viewings. But that's what's happening is he's going to toss Reagan out the window and kill uh. her. And in a split second... Father Marin takes over, fights the demon, fights back him by within. throwing himself out the window yeah. and killing himself. Yeah, he's like, "Surprise, bitch!" Yeah, I wonder so if that, I wonder if you could fool a demon that way, or if they're faster than that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you have to be a Catholic priest. Yeah, um, but I mean, that's the, the the question to pose is who wins. In this movie. Yeah. Does good win or does evil win? We we bring up this other movie sometimes. It's that Denzel uh, oh, Wash Fallen. fallen. Mm-hmm. This is this this movie uh, where this demon moves through contact. Um, so it moves through crowds really quickly. But if you can get it alone, like in a big field, it's it's just within this one person and it dies with that person. Yeah. Um, uh, kind of a vibe of that going on in this. Fallen's a great movie if you haven't checked it out. But yeah, yeah it is very... It's like, well, obviously evil continues. Yeah. But in... And and it's, this is this is a weird... This is a weird movie for a couple different reasons because, like... D- why did it even happen to her in the first place? The Ouija board? Yeah. Captain Howdy. Luigi? Luigi board? Uh-huh. Quidja? Like, don't fuck with the Ouija board. Is that fine. actually you're not telling you tell me there wasn't some other kids somewhere else on in the world playing with the Ouija board at the same time as her? Like, it's just random enough for it to be like, why did this even happen? It's kind of nihilistic. Yeah. And then how did it end? And and what's like, why? Like, why all why everything? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to say it's a draw because. It worked in a sense that yeah. they they exercised this demon from Reagan, um, but also there's death surrounding it, and the evil lives on. But it shows that you know good people can fight it. Right. It's an and it's an interesting choice of title as well. I always think about the the title of this movie. It's the Exorcist. Right. It's not They're, the exorcism. Not the exorcism. It's not. You know, uh, Linda Blair and Captain Howdy go to town or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Howdy goes to town on Linda Blair. It's The Exorcist. And then the poster for this movie or the cover art is, you know, The Exorcist with a top hat, backlit, his silhouette. It's an interesting choice. And it's, I mean, it's, it's iconic. It's an iconic title. Yeah, I just uh, why the Exorcist? You know, it's an. I just want to know why. Well, I don't know. I mean, I almost want to read the book just to yes figure out what what it's like. I think, I mean, Father Karras is definitely a central character in the movie, and he is the hero yeah. of it. And it's a lot of it is seen through his eyes, but half of the movie doesn't even really involve him at all. But I mean, I would say the Exorcist and in the Exorcist is him. Yeah. Um, even though, like, really, um, 
Father Marin is is the exorcist. Right. He's the one that performs it. Yeah, I guess we didn't we didn't even talk about Max von Sydow, but he's a he's great in almost anything he does. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's that classic. Boy, I was uh, I was remembering. I thought he was in Caligula, uh, but I was wrong. It was Peter o- O'Toole. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah. Okay. Um, so that's all I want to talk about. There also on Shutter is this episode of Cursed Movies um, on The Exorcist that covers how these different productions that were quote unquote cursed. So there's the exorcist, there's the poltergeist, um, twilight zone, other, other movies. And I watched the episode on the exorcist gremlins, not super. Do they have one on gremlins? I don't know, but it was kind of disappointing. Like it just kind of mentions the stuff that we mentioned on this podcast, but doesn't go into depth. And then half of it is spent on, Look, we found a real exorcist. Here's him performing real exorcisms. And it's it's actually kind of a good palate cleanser because you see like, oh, these are just crazy people. Like that's it's people that are fooling themselves into believing that this is happening, but they're also kind of like putting on a show. Yeah. Kind of thing. Well, but that's I mean, in a weird way, that doesn't help me. Yeah, I mean, like I said, to them it's real, but there's lots of st- stuff that's real to, to dumb to dumb people yeah you, you should watch it and just see what i'm talking but about this like is what i'm talking about the fear is being a dumb person <laughs> did you ever <laughs> do you ever wonder if you were retarded and no one ever told you well, well it's, it's true, true. <laughs> see this is this is the real fear is maybe i am retarded yeah yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We do have a podcast, so I mean there's there's a certain level of retardation that goes into that. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, so final recommendations. Who would like The Exorcist? Look, I'd recommend this to my grandma. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's history. Yeah, I mean, this is one where it's an important movie to see in film history, but it's not just like if you're interested in film history, this is like one of those, but also you should definitely watch it. Yeah, this is this is this is required viewing in my mind the same way as 2001 Space Odyssey, the, any Kubrick film, really, uh, whether you like him or not. Uh, this is. It's it's undeniable. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to a new game for us that we're going to call Guess, Guess That, that, that Death. Guess That Death. Um, okay, so I'm going to play six clips from six different horror movies. And you have to guess what is happening. How, how they die? How they die and... Extra point if you guess the movie. Okay. 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 Extra point if I guess the movie. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm ready. Clip number one.
So this is the easy one. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let me play like the, just the first like half a second. Maybe it'll help out a little bit. Okay. That that might help you a little bit, but if not, it's not. There's a lot of gurgling going on. Uh-huh. That indicates a throat slice of some variety. Um, but there's also like after the gurgling, there's like a spray paint sound where it sounds like he's getting a a can of a can of uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, Aquanet being sprayed in his eyes uh-huh. or something like uh-huh. that. Um. So uh, Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> It's from Home Alone Three. <laughs> no, um, no, my real guess, I it, like the like it just feels kind of Hellraisery to me. But this is an iconic horror movie. Okay, thriller. Oh, uh, um, I don't. Okay. <laughs> this is from Silence of the Lambs from 1991. This is where Hannibal Lecter is in that cage in the oh. middle of the room. He cuffs one of the oh. cops. He bites the other cop's nose off. Yeah. And then beats, sprays the one guy with mace and then beats him to death with a billy club. So I got the spray in the face. Yeah, you got the spray. Huh. It wasn't a throat slit. He literally ah. just bits his, bites his face off. I get a half a point for that. <laughs> you get... Okay, one half point. Yay. I'll give it to you. Okay. Clip number two. Okay. This is definitely the part where they drop Judge Doom into the dip in... In Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Good guess. No. This one is from 1989's Intruder. Okay. All right. This is, I don't know the character's name, but a guy gets his head sawn in half with a table saw. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. So that's what that... That's the table saw Ugh. struggling to cut through someone's skull. Well, I get a half point for that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Clip number three. Okay. You're half for two. Okay. Slow down, Horace. There's blood everywhere! <laughs> no vegetables, no dessert. No vegetables, no dessert. <laughs> I gotta play this one again. There's blood everywhere. Slow down, Horace. There's blood everywhere! <laughs> no vegetables, no dessert. This feels very 90s. Yeah. Um, It also feels like playful, uh-huh. like a Gremlins-esque sort of movie is it it, it you're, you're making facial things you, you help me out anyway i mean i i agree with those like those that's pretty um no vegetables no dessert is such a quip uh-huh. one line sort of thing is this kind of like a critters movie or something no am i close with gremlins i mean it's a 90s movie that's i mean just de facto 90s kitsch yeah horror. 
This is a Stephen King adaptation, if that helps. No vegetables, no dessert. There's blood everywhere. Slow down. I don't, um, I don't know. I guess thinner. This is from 1992's Sleepwalkers. Never would have gotten that. I didn't even know this existed. This is the character. His name is Horace. He's talking on the phone uh, to his wife. And when Mary, one of the sleepwalkers, comes up behind him and stabs him in the back with a half eaten corn on the cob. How did how (laughs) did you find any of these? There's a compilation. Okay, all right. But this was the fact that she stabs him in the back with a corn on the cob. Yeah. No vegetables, no dessert. Like corn's a vegetable. Corn is dessert. She said no starch, no dessert. No but, starch. I mean, she said no starch. No, she didn't. Okay. <laughs> okay. Clip number four. Not doing too good. Dana. No, I'm. Hello. Uh, 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 Hello. Uh, 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 All right, Annie. First, I get your famous chewing. Now, I get your famous squealing. <laughs> And are you all right? I feel like this is Black Christmas. No. Oh. You're not far off, though. It's it's a classic. I feel like I've seen this. You have. It's another holiday. Is it? turns out it's just really hard to hear the thing that's going on in the scene right but i guess um, it's not what it would actually sound like what's happening so this is halloween then yes yeah this is halloween Halloween, and this is he's breathing on her what's he doing he's probably stabbing her if i know if i know mike myers he's probably stabbing her with a knife you're right. It's Halloween, so you get a point. Yay! Um, Annie calls Lori on the phone, and Michael Myers comes up behind her with like the sheet over him. Yeah, she thinks he's her boyfriend, and he strangles her to death oh, with the phone cord. Damn it! And so she's like, yeah, getting strangled, and her tits are flopping out. And you know, that's, <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's not, not how. Bitch. You know, if you're actually getting strangled to death, you can't make a sound. Like if you're if you're screaming consistently, that means you're getting air. Well, no, you're just... If you're going, ah, 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 that means you have plenty of air because you keep breathing in. They should have just had a chorus of farts. Yeah. <laughs> just... <laughs> I know. They should have hired you. Um, <laughs> clip number five. Man, you last, you last... might get this one. Oh, you okay. might get this All one. Right. <laughs> Our boy from Southie might have a point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This one just sounds like chaos and the audio, but you've seen this movie. I guarantee it. 
Did I already mention it this game? No. Darn. Can I have that whole clip again? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, uh, there's a lot of gurgling at the end. Uh-huh. I'll tell you, it's not gurgling. Is it farting? No, it's... The it sound me- is coming from a liquid source. Yeah, help me out here. Help me out a little bit. Um, this is a sequel to a classic movie that basically tells the exact same story. So this is Wreck. No. Or, no, Quarantine. <laughs> no. Oh. Um, tells the exact same story. Huh. It's a sequel, same director, like, probably not that many years apart. This isn't The Lost World. Nope. Jurassic Park, The Lost World, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I've... literally the same story. Like, not... Not like the same story with different people. Literally the exact same movie, pretty oh, much. Oh, this is Evil Dead 2. Uh-huh. Ah, there it is. Yeah. So what was the gurgling? So this is when Henrietta pops up from the cellar door and drags Jake into the cellar while Annie tries to pull him back. Yeah. And then a ridiculous amount of blood spews out <laughs> and gurgles up from the clothes. This is my favorite horror comedy yeah. ever. Ever. Uh, I, this this walks the line. Evil Dead 2 walks the line of of ridiculousness and seriousness and, and humor so perfectly. Nothing touches it. Yeah. Nothing touches it. Okay, last clip. You might be able to so get So I got up. a point for that. For yeah, you got a point. Even though I gave you a bunch yeah, of... Yeah, it was an asterisk. I just saw her run... have that one again yeah. i need to i just saw her run oh what the fuck it sounds like she gets stabbed through the throat uh-huh. and then and then he like and while she's sitting there like still like breathing with something through her throat like he opens a pair of scissors within her throat and like severs her head and somebody's like jesus goddamn christ is that it's pretty close is this is this um, is this is this scream? No. Oh. This is from a it came out in 2019. Wow. What? Uh one of my favorite movies from 2019. One of Bryce's favorite movies. I just saw her run. Ready or not? Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, this is the end of Ready or Not. Uh, no. Oh, no. This is the crossbow. Yes. The crossbow in Ready or Not. Yeah. So this is Ready or Not. Um, Emily, who was given Fitch's crossbow, accidentally fires an arrow through <laughs> Tina's head, one of the servants. And then the grandmother, Helene, chops Tina's head off when she won't stop groaning. Yeah. And so they're all like in a room together. I got it. Kind of. You got two. You got two points on that one. So you got a four and a half points out of a possible 12. Oh. <laughs> and that was... Guess, Guess that, 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 that Thanks to Kitty H for suggesting that game to us. She's one of our loyal patrons, and uh, we love her. Yeah, I love her. Yeah. She's a sweetie. Um, 
I think we described her as our cheerleader on one of the previous episodes. Yeah, she's yeah. she's in on every combo. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's a that could be a staple. That's a real good game. Um. All right. So finishing up. Thank you so much for listening. If you're still here, you're one of the few, the proud, the uh, horror movie talk fans. Um, if you are, if that describes you, please share the podcast with a friend. And if you have an Apple uh, product, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out. Um, if you want to help out the show in other ways, check out our Patreon. Um, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, click through the button in our banner. Um, special thanks again to uh, Kitty and for Max for creating the intro music and for And of course, us. Dustin Goble. We've, I think we forgot to mention Dustin this episode. Yeah. Dustin Goble is a professional artist who fucks hard, and he'll fuck you hard, or uh, uh, not quite that, but you, you get what I'm saying. He'll make some super awesome art that fucks real hard for you if you check him out at dgobel00, that's D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0 on Instagram. Check him out. Make sure... Your artistic dreams are realized. Okay, bye-bye, but now bye-bye. Bye. Get the fuck out!